You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Join us on uh, your favorite show. Yes, it's our medical files on the platforms of uh, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jamaah. The other day I was uh, talking to a brother and he told me, you know what, uh, Chef, man, make a plan. I really enjoy you and Dr. Farooq Afiji. Uh, you know, do a... Uh, a, a program on vertigo and dizziness. You know, I get the spells, I get the gabrat, and, you know, I, I'm all, all alone. And, you know, I'm a very successful businessman, but I go through this, you know, it's such a depressing thing. I said, you don't worry. If Dr. Farooq Haviji, I will definitely uh, uh, address this issue with him. So people, you know, sit back, relax this evening. We have our one and only family physician, someone that I embrace and celebrate, someone that I love for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our very own uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji is with us this evening. Dr. Saab, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. We're just looking forward to Ramadan now. Uh, not far to go. Uh, just a couple of weeks more and we'll be into Ramadan. Inshallah. Yeah, doctor, I can say it. Halan wa salan, ya Ramadan, ya, you are honored the, the month of the Noble Quran. Dr. Sabi, you know, whenever you come, it's like as if, you know, I've got a family member with me. I, I mean, the love and uh, I mean, the, the, the listenership to, they all know who Dr. Farooq Hafiji is and uh, with the, you know, the importance of having a family physician and it feels as if you are, you have become the Ummah's family physician. How does that make you feel, doc? Oh, no, I'm just, uh, you know, all knowledge comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, we're just uh, giving off the knowledge, but the knowledge comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we really need to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. We appreciate it very much. Uh, and whatever we can do to, to make people's lives better, better quality of life, alhamdulillah, that's what we intend doing. Alhamdulillah, you have served the Ummah with that distinction, and I really appreciate that. And I hope and pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts that. And inshallah, you'll feel it uh, both in the dunya and also in the akhirah. Starting off uh, the, with the topic, uh, doctor, uh, perhaps those that don't know, what is a vertigo, doc? Uh, yes, uh, you, you know, uh, what we need to do first is uh, understand what dizziness is, because Dizziness can be, uh, uh, you know, caused, can be caused by a variety of things. And uh, we need to um, be specific about the type of dizziness that we have. So when you have dizziness, you have dizziness. Nobody else can see it. Nobody can feel it. Nobody knows about it. So your description of the dizziness is very, very important. To the doctor, it's absolutely crucial. You need to explain to the doctor what kind of dizziness is it. So, is it lightheadedness? Is it something that, you know, when sometimes when you get up from the floor and you, you stand up and you feel a bit lightheaded and you feel a bit dizzy for a while, a bit woozy. Some people call it woozy. That's, a, that's one type of dizziness. Then you get another type of dizziness where uh, you, you really think you're going you're gonna to fall down because you, are, you, get, you get quite dizzy. Um, and sometimes you do fall down. Uh, and uh, and without knowing why you fell down. And that may be related to a heart problem, maybe an irregular heartbeat or, a, or you know, the heart stops for a while and starts again. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, that's, those are important things. That's that dizziness where you think you're going to fall uh, can, can, uh, can be quite serious. But then that kind of dizziness uh, where you feel a bit dizzy and you feel a bit woozy and you think you're going to fall and your legs go weak and you feel like, your, your legs can't support you, that may be anxiety. 
Anxiety can also cause a dizziness, just like just like that, uh, and uh, that can sometimes be a bit confusing. But the dizziness of anxiety is usually related. Uh, you, you usually get, and it's caused by low blood pressure because with anxiety your blood pressure drops, and when your blood pressure drops, you start getting dizzy, and if it stays down, you 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 faint, and you 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 and and, and then you come right after after a while. So that's the anxiety part that's that's creating the problem. Uh, but you also know that when that happens, your body will go warm and you you may start sweating sweating also. So the so other things that are associated with the dizziness are also important factors for the doctor to know. So because the doctor asks you, is there anything else that happens to you when you get dizzy? But what the doctor is looking for are clues to try and find out what is what is it. So so if, so that's a dizziness of anxiety, very similar to the dizziness of uh, of a heart problem. Then you get the dizziness where the whole room turns around, like you like like you're on a merry-go-round, and and that kind of dizziness comes from the balancing organs or the nerves uh, that go to the balancing organs. Balancing organs, our balancing organs are situated just above our internal ear, our our middle. Our, our our middle ear, inside, right inside where the hearing organ is, just above the hearing organ, we have the balancing organ. It's all encased in bone. Uh, you can't get to it. Nobody can get to it. Uh, it's it's encased in bone. So, uh, the so that that usually uh, uh, that kind of dizziness where you the the whole room turns around. You it's as, it's as if you are in the middle ground. There could be a problem with those balancing organs, or it could be a problem with the nerve that supplies that balancing organ. So you need to make the difference out. Uh, and but the dizziness is is about the same. Then you get another kind of dizziness where you feel a bit dizzy, but you fall to one side. You fall to one side and to the right side or to the left side, and there we have to be very careful because it may be an indication. That there is a problem in your brain, the back, the, the the lower part of the brain, underneath the two hemispheres, is a little part of the brain which is called the cerebellum. Cerebellum, cerebellum is a part where that controls our, one of the functions of it is to control our balance, and that's where the balancing nerves come out from. So that kind of dizziness where you're falling to one side, or you get dizzy and you fall, start falling to one side. That needs to be checked out to see if there is a problem there, or is it a problem from there to the nerve that's supplying the balancing organ somewhere, somewhere in that line. So you can see the different types of dizziness. So if you go to the doctor and you say, "Doctor, I have dizziness," the doctor really doesn't know what you're talking about. What kind of dizziness is it? So you need to be more specific and try and find out what kind of dizziness is it. When do I get it? How long does it last? Do I get nauseous with it? Because well, dizziness of the balancing organs, the vertigo, can cause nausea with it. So the doctor will ask you, is there something else that happens to you with your dizziness? So you may, you may say, okay, I fall to the right or I fall to the left or I feel nauseous or I get a headache uh, or I sweat and, and uh, my heart starts pounding fast. Uh, whatever else happens with the dizziness, those are all pointers to the doctor to work out what's actually causing the dizziness. So, so that dizziness is very important. And with vertigo, 
vertigo is is a is a dizziness that occurs where that the type of dizziness is a is a like a merry-go-round type dizziness where your your whole you know in children we we we, we play this game where we yes. when we when we discover that uh, we that when we turn around and whirl and whirl and whirl and whirl yes. and then we stand straight uh, we get dizzy and we fall down. Now I think I think all of us try that somehow or the other uh, you when know, we are young. Uh, Doc, Doc, yeah. I want to tell you something. How you read my mind? I was, you know, whilst you're talking, I said, I'm going to ask Doc this question because all of us, you know, we've we got that thrill. Hey, if I go round and round and this is how I'm going to feel and you just go and do it over and over and over. That is as kids. I mean, that's understandable. But we all did it, Doctor. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Zakallah. Yes. Yes. That dizziness is coming from the balancing organs. And that's, that's, uh, that's, that's called vertigo. Uh, so, uh, you know, so now we, so if you have vertigo, uh, you need to find out now what is causing the problem. So uh, you know it's it's a it's a process of elimination. It's a process of trying to work out uh, what all the different structures that are there, uh, and uh, um, and from there you 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 can work out what's actually causing causing the dizziness. Yeah, beautiful indeed, uh, doctor. And you know who's most susceptible to. Uh... Uh, vertigo. Is it the younger people or the older people, the middle-aged people? Which group is uh, more susceptible, uh, doctor? Well, you know, it, vertigo can occur at any age, but usually it's the people in the middle age group that 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 have the problem, um, and uh, uh, young adults yeah, and and the you know the older people as well. Uh, it happen. It can happen at any age, and. Uh, the, the vertigo actually is an indication that uh, either the the balancing organ uh, or the nerve is affected. So let's let's take it from the from the brain, from the cerebellum, from, from the cerebellum, cerebellum. That's where the nerve comes out to the ear. That nerve has two two different fibers. One is a fiber for our hearing, which goes to our hearing organ, the cochlea so that we can hear. The other part of that nerve goes to the balancing organ for balancing, to, to check our balancing. Now, our balancing doesn't only depend on that balancing organ. It plays a very crucial part, but our balance is also connected to our eyes, where we can see where we are, we are, we are whether we are on, on uh, whether, whether the ground around us is moving or not moving. It's also connected to the <clears throat> nerves from our feet, which tell us whether the ground is moving or not moving. So <clears throat> all these three things tell you where you are in space, whether you are moving or you're not moving. So that's how motion sickness occurs. Because with motion sickness, you will be standing on a firm ground like a boat. Your ground is firm, so your feet tells you that you're on a firm ground. But the, the eyes tell you that you, the boat is rocking. And when you look, and when you feel, uh, when you, when you, when you, when you, when you with, as you, as, as you sway in the boat, your balancing organs are also moving. So <clears throat> they are getting conflicting reports. The, your brain is getting a conflicting report. It's saying you are still, but you are not still. Because of this conflicting re report that your brain is getting, it gets confused and it presents as nausea. You become nauseous, and and you 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 feel dizzy, and you want to you want to lie down. Uh, that's that's motion sickness. 
the, the, because you're sitting in a car, like you're sitting straight in a car, like you are not moving, but when you look out with your eyes, everything else around you is moving. So your, your brain is getting a conflicting message. It's saying you are sitting still, but you are moving. So that conflict is what causes motion sickness. So that's also connected with our balancing organs, and it's also connected with the fact that uh, we have sensory nerves in our body, uh, which indicate to the brain where, where we are, whether we whether we're in moving area or moving now some some moving surface or is a move is a surface still. Uh, so uh, so coming back now, so from the cerebrum you get the nerve coming out, which has two nerve fibers, one is for the hearing, one is for the balancing. The hearing one goes to the hearing organ and that's it. The balancing one goes to the balancing organ. They are called labyrinths. We have three of them. We have three labyrinths. One, and, and they are all in different positions. One is vertical where uh, the, the semicircle is from front to back. You can imagine like a, like, a, like, a, like a loop from the front to the back. The other one is from the, from the one side to the other side of our body, from the right side to the left side, or from the left side to the right side, whichever way you want to, you want to look at it. And the third one is a flat one, a flat against like, like on a floor. Uh, uh, so, so all positions of your head are covered by these three semicircular canals. So the the semicircular canals have this nerve that goes to the cerebellum to tell, the, to, to the, tell the brain what your balance is like. So, so, so once you, once you, um, uh, once there is a, if there is a problem, now, now, now let's look at it with vertigo. If there is a problem in the semicircular canals, then you are going to get dizzy because the message that's going to go to the brain is not going to be a, a message that's that's uh, that's correct, and that can usually be caused uh, by an inflammation, uh, and that inflammation is usually caused by a virus, uh, and uh, that stays for about ten days, 12, fourteen days sometimes, and it goes away, and that kind of dizziness. Uh, is is a very vicious dizziness. Uh, the person cannot move. Uh, they really cannot walk. Uh, they get absolutely dizzy. They they fall down if they start walking. And in fact, um, uh, you know, people some people have been uh, arrested for 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 drunkenness because the people think that they are drunk. But in the meantime, the balancing organs are so uh, inflamed that they just cannot balance. And some of them cannot even get out of bed uh, because. Uh, uh, of this uh, inflammation that's in the balancing organ. It's called a labyrinthitis. Uh, there's another disease that affects the, these, uh, these uh, semicircular canals. Uh, it's called mania syndrome, and that's usually associated with uh, deafness as well. And there may be nausea with it. So you get, you get dizziness and you get deafness, and, and usually it's one-sided. So that needs investigations and, 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 and that needs treatment. Uh, and there is treatment available for that. Uh, the, the other problem may be on the nerve itself, where the, the, the part of the nerve uh, which supplies the balancing organ uh, has a tumor on it. Uh, it's called an acoustic neuroma. That's what, that's what the name of the tumor is. It's not a malignant tumor. It's, it's, it's a benign tumor, but it grows and it squashes the nerve and irritates the nerve, causing you to become dizzy. So 
that's another reason why you get vertigo because of the dizziness uh, caused by uh, this this acoustic neuroma that occurs on the nerve that that comes from the brain to the ear. So, so and of course, as, as I, I said earlier about the cerebellum, if there's a problem in the cerebellum, for instance, if you had a mild stroke in the cerebellum, which is an area of the brain right underneath the brain, underneath the two hemispheres, the two big parts of the brain, there's a little part of the bottom which is called the cerebellum. And if you have a, if you've had a stroke there, you will also feel dizzy and you go, you lose your balance. And of course, uh, you've, you've, you may fall to one side or the other side, depending on where, where, the, where, the, where the problem is in the brain, whether it's on the left side or the right side. So, uh, so when a person uh, has vertigo, all these factors need to be taken into account. Yeah, the history is very important. To, to tell the doctor what else is happening uh, with you, if, if uh, with the dizziness, uh, together with the dizziness, and of course, uh, then you have to you have to investigate it to find out where the problem is. Is it in the labyrinth, which is uh, the actual uh, the balancing organ, or is it in the nerve, uh, or is it in the cerebellum of the part of the brain? Um, so is it where is it? So normally. Uh, the doctor would order, uh, uh, first of all, they'll order a hearing test to see if your hearing is down. And if your hearing is normal, then you can exclude the mania syndrome. Uh, because then, you, because remember, mania syndrome is associated with deafness. So then you know that this is not mania syndrome, this is something else. If it's a short-term thing, lasting 10 days, 14 days, and it goes away, then we know that this is a virus that's causing the problem. And uh, usually it settles down on its own. And the problem with this type of uh, vertigo is that it recurs. You'll be okay for, for a while, three months, six months, one year, two years, and then it'll come back again. Uh, and, then, and then it'll go away again, and then after three, four, five months, it'll come back again. And that's a nuisance. That's a nuisance factor with this kind of, uh, of, of, uh, of, of vertigo, of dizziness. Uh, but then you need an MRI scan. You need an MRI scan to check two things. One is you need to check whether you have an acoustic neuroma, whether you have a tumor on the on the nerve that's causing the problem. And also that MRI scan will tell you what the cerebellum looks like. Is there a problem in the cerebellum? Have you had a stroke? Is there, a, is there, is there something that needs to be done in that area there where the, where the, where the nerve comes out from the cerebellum and comes, comes to the ear and the balancing organ? Uh, so that investigation is, is, is very important uh, to do. Um, and that can tell us where the, where the problem is. So it's not a straightforward thing. Uh, it needs uh, investigations. Uh, it needs a good history. Uh, uh, the description of the of the of the dizziness is very very important. The accompanying symptoms with the dizziness is also very very important. Uh, and then of course the investigations are important to try and fine tune the diagnosis and and work out what actually is causing the problem. Uh, absolutely, mashallah, doctor. Really intriguing indeed. And uh, Allah bless you for that knowledge uh, that you are flowing with uh, this evening. And you know, as you spoke so graphically about uh, being on a boat or being on a ship, I mean, I experienced that as soon as you get, uh, you know, into the hour, you're passing the harbor and you get into the breakers and they're 
the ship uh, is, uh, you know, shaking violently and suddenly, you know, many people are prone to seasickness and so forth. And uh, now you gave us an idea of what's going on because there's mixed signals coming to the brains. And also, you know, when you're in flight, when you're on air and when you're flying, you know, some people when the plane is taking off, hey, they go, Ooh, I can't take it. And, you know, they get their bags and, you know, they make ulti and all that. And then, uh, you know, when the plane is landing, uh, doctor, you get that ear, hey, what a severe earache. Uh, can that trigger off a, a vertigo, Doc? Well, from the middle ear, uh, you get in the middle ear, you get the three bones that go to to the um, hearing organ, which is the cochlea, uh, and that see those three bones are connected to the eardrum. Uh, so when the sound comes, when you hear a voice, when you hear hear a sound, uh, the, the the eardrum vibrates. The eardrum. Eardrum makes those three little little bones vibrate, and that those three little bones make the uh, make a like a drum-like uh, uh, thing on the cochlea, uh, which sends that that same sound message to the to the hearing organ, and then you hear the sound, and the brain hears the sound. That's how it works. So, uh, you know. Uh, um, so you know, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so it's uh, it's important to know that because um, that's the middle ear. Now the middle ear is also connected to the nose by the eustachian tube, uh, and that's what makes our ears pop when we go up a hill or come down a hill. That's what makes our ears pop because the the pressure the pressure inside the middle ear has to be equal to the pressure outside. And if your eustachian tube is not working very well, the, the the inside of the middle ear, the pressure there will be different from the pressure outside. So your you so you so your your hearing is going to be affected. You won't be able to hear. You, you, you your your hearing will be dull. You can't hear it. You can't hear. And then suddenly, when your eustachian tube opens and and it allows air to go into the middle ear, and the pressure is now equalized on either side of the eardrum, and your ear pops and you can hear properly again. Uh, so that eustachian tube coming from the middle ear to the nose plays a very, very important part in equalizing the pressure on both sides of the eardrum. So, uh, so, so you know, sometimes people have a blocked nose or they have an inflammation in their nose. Now, remember this eustachian tube comes out at the back of your nose. So if your lining in your nose is inflamed and swollen, it'll also block that eustachian tube. And so, you know, the, the, as you come down in the plane, the air pressure increases. Up, high up, 10,000 meters, the pressure is very low. So your, your surrounding pressure is low. Therefore, the, the, in the plane, they'll say, this is a pressurized cabin. What they're, what they're telling you is they are trying to get the pressure in the cabin of the airplane as, 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 as close to the ground pressure as possible. But they can't, it, it cannot be done absolutely correctly. It can't. They, they try and get as close to it as possible. So as you come down in the plane, the pressure increases around you. But the pressure inside the middle ear is still low. And so suddenly there's a gush of air into the middle ear, causing that pain in your ear. See, and and that that what you need to do there is keep swallowing, and keep because swallowing is a mechanism which opens up the eustachian tube, and yawning 
Yawning also opens up the eustachian tube. You can even mimic the yawning and it'll open up your, your eustachian tube. The other way to open the eustachian tube is to move your lower jaw forward. If you move your lower jaw forward, it sometimes that's, that can open up your eustachian tube and put the, make the pressure equal on both sides of the eardrum and the pain, discomfort and the hearing uh, will come back to normal again uh, because the air pressure on both sides of the eardrum are now equal. Uh, that's as far as uh, that that pain that we get when we come down from uh, on the plane, or in you know if you're climbing a huge hill with a car, or coming down a huge hill, you hear you feel your ears popping. If your ears pop, it's a good it's a good sign. It means your eustachian tubes are working. Uh, but children sometimes have a problem because they have a snotty nose, they have inflammation in the nose, and sometimes they have the blockage. And um, that's why they say that when the plane is landing, you mustn't feed the child at that time. Because when you feed the child, there'll be, there may be milk at the back of the nose, and that milk may go up the eustachian tube as the pressure increases. So uh, it's not a good idea to feed the child with, uh, during, when, when, the, when the plane is making a descent. Uh, but uh, if you give the child, uh, uh, the child is old enough to have a sweet, give them a sweet so that the swallowing, uh, as they swallow and swallow, uh, the eustachian the tube opens up as the plane comes down, and, and that can prevent them from getting the pain, pain in the ear. Yeah, and uh, Doc, uh, some people, uh, you know, they say, hey, chew, chew gum, have a, have a gum, have a gum. And I noticed that uh, on most of my flights, when I have a gum, uh, it works for me, Doc. Yes, because when you have a chewing gum in your mouth, you are swallowing all the time. It's the swallowing. It's not a chewing gum. Mm. It's a swallowing that uh, that opens up that eustachian tube uh, to equalize the pressure so that you don't have the discomfort as, as the plane comes down. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, doctor, you remind me of an anecdote uh, which Hazrat Ali radiallahu said. He said, man is an incredible creation. He sees through layers of fat, talks with a lump of flesh, and hears through pieces of bones. And you talk about the three bones. Allahu Akbar. Brilliant indeed. Uh, looking at this uh, message, it says, uh, Dr. Farouk, uh, uh, please uh, discuss, discuss with Dr. Farouk Kafiji, uh, uh, please. Uh, you know, your composite has been advertised uh, widely. So quite a few questions have come in. Uh, this is from uh, Babu, uh, Babu Ba. Babu Ba says, uh, Doctor, I have a problem. My wife wouldn't sit in my car because it's, uh, she says it's too luxurious and she gets a headache whenever the car moves. She prefers to sit in uh, cars of uh, a lower luxurious mode. Why is this so, Doc? Uh, you know, Doc, uh, you may think uh, Babu Ba's question is uh, odd, but uh, I've heard of many people say, you know what, hey, I can't take that car, but I can sit in this car and I feel, uh, you know, I don't get a headache and so forth. What's the reason for that, Doc? Yeah, I think, I think it's, again, that discoordination between what your eyes are seeing and what your body is telling you about movement. So if you are sitting in a car and you can't see the road, but you can see the sky, uh, and uh, you can see the sky moving and the trees moving, uh, but you are sitting in a car, uh, again, your body is getting mixed messages. So that, so that uh, you know, you, you, it's, going to, it's going to make you feel a bit sick. It'll give you a headache. It'll make you, make you feel a bit nauseous. But if you can see the road, now you know the road is flat. You know the, you know the road is straight. You know that you are on an even surface. Uh, and you're, you are sitting on a, in a car with an, uh, on, on a seat which, which is not, uh, uh, hopefully, not moving. Uh, so the two of them are coordinated so you don't feel dizzy and you don't feel, you, don't, you know, it doesn't upset you. So uh, most likely that 
luxurious car that she's talking about, she, she's probably too low in the seat and cannot see the road, but she can see the, the, the trees and the buildings and everything moving around her, and that's what's causing the problem. Uh, so I think maybe if she puts a cushion or something underneath, uh, on, on top of a seat and sits on that and raises herself up or raises the seat as high as she can uh, so that she can see the road, uh, that would be much that would be much better for, for her to do that. Jazakallah for that, Dr. Uh, Mariam Bain says, uh, Doctor, I have a grandson who's a bit squint, but he's uh, always uh, knocking into things and uh, uh, falling down. I'm wondering, uh, is it uh, a vertigo or a, is it a problem that he's got that uh, can be resolved? He's also, he also has glasses, uh, Doctor. How do you respond to Mariam Bain there, Doctor? No, no, you see, you have to, if a child has a squint, it has to be attended to very early in life. The earlier you attend to a squint, the better the prognosis. And you have to see an eye specialist for that. And there are ways in which they can, they can help out to try and get that, uh, that squinted eye uh, correctly or, uh, or, or make it so that uh, the person doesn't see through that squinted eye if it's, if it's a very bad squint, uh, uh, so that uh, they... The brain only reads one eye, doesn't read the other eye. Uh, there are ways of doing it. Uh, it's a bit complicated, and I think they need to go and visit uh, an, an eye specialist. Um, it's not vertigo. That's not vertigo. That's actually the child is falling because they can't see what's, what's around them. They're getting into furniture because they can't see the furniture uh, because uh, they're looking at it with one eye, not the other eye. Uh, so you can try it. And put, close one of your eyes and walk around, and you'll see how, much of, how many furnitures you knock. On your on the way, uh, Allah Taala has given us uh, uh, these two eyes with the 180 vision, 180 degree vision uh, from right to left. Uh, so even if you are looking straight, we have clear vision, uh, which, which means that although I'm looking, I may be looking straight at you, I, I know what's happening on my right side and what's happening on my left side, and to extend what's happening uh, below me and slightly above me. Uh, uh, by, that's our peripheral vision. Uh, so when you, when you have one eye working only, uh, you have a lack in the, in the problem. Okay, this message here, uh, brothers, anonymous, anonymous brother says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, always enjoy you on uh, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Uh, recently, I had a bout of uh, ringing in the ears, and then I was told to visit an India alim. He says the jinn's got me and asking a fantabulous amount uh, to take it out. Is uh, this true, doctor, ringing in the ears because of uh, jadu, doctor? I don't know about jadu, but as far as medical uh, uh, information is concerned, that's called tinnitus. Uh, tinnitus is a very, very uh, disturbing thing. And... Uh, uh, it, you know, the, the, nobody really knows the exact cause of it. Um, there are various theories to it. Exposure to loud noise can sometimes give you tinnitus, and that you that you can experience. For instance, if you if you uh, if you if you listen to a drill for a while, uh, making a noise, uh, and then and then the drill stops, uh, you may have a bit of a ringing in your ear for a while because of the. Um, uh, the nerve that supplies the, the uh, eardrum uh, is is still vibrating, so you 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 feel that you can hear you can hear the sound. Uh, so, but tinnitus uh, has you know it, it, there is no actual treatment for it. 
um, because nobody really knows the actual cause of it. Um, so, you know, you, you have to, you know, camouflage the, so camouflage the sound with some other sound, uh, which is a pleasant sound. So you can put a kiraya on uh, and listen to the kiraya so, so that uh, the, the synthesis is not there anymore. Uh, so you're listening to some other sound. Uh, and if you do that, you, you can get some relief from the tinnitus. Uh, but then, you know, you can't do that all the time. Uh, so there will be periods when you can hear that sound. Uh, also associated with um, deafness, deafness caused by loud uh, noise, uh, high frequency deafness. High frequency deafness usually occurs when you are exposed to loud noise for, for a long period of time uh, where your, uh, the, your, your, your your nerves of hearing get damaged uh, from the from the high pitch from the high uh, volume of sound that you're listening to, like 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 you know mowing a lawn for a long period of time uh, without ear protection or using a drill uh, which which makes a, a big noise without ear protection. Uh, these can all damage your hearing organ and and cause you to develop high frequency deafness as you get older, and that can sometimes be accompanied accompanied by tinnitus, which is uh, the ringing in the ear. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, so, the, uh, you know, the, 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 there's no, no, you should have, have to find the cause of it. If you can find a cause of it and eliminate the cause, that's wonderful. But in most cases, we don't know what the cause is. And, you know, you just have to camouflage that uh, sound with some other pleasant sound uh, so that you don't hear the ringing. Uh, absolutely, Doc, and uh, mashallah, you know, we've got these headphones and uh, stereophonic sound. We can listen to Zikrullah and all that. So, as you can say, you can drown out that uh, tinnitus. And uh, Jazakallah khair for that. And as for the uh, Jadu story and all, the doctor says, no, you know what? You can go and ask uh, some of our Mulanas and uh, Muftis. They can give you a verdict on that. But uh, Jazakallah khair, very comprehensive. Doctor, can, um, you know, vertigo uh, be uh, triggered off uh, psychologically? No. Vertigo is actually a mechanical thing. Uh, it's, it's something that's not working. It's some part of your body that's not working correctly that's causing the vertigo. Uh, psychological, you, you can just, you can get dizziness from psychological problems, like anxiety, as, as we said earlier, uh, but it will be a dizziness. It's not, it, it won't be vertigo. Vertigo is a whirling it's a, it's a, it's like a merry-go-round. The whole room turns around, and that's uh, that. Yeah, for the, for the different, there are different causes. Of course, there are different uh, ways in which they are treated. Uh, you know, the the the, the, the vertigo of uh, labyrinthitis, which is caused by the by the viral infection, uh, often a short course of steroids uh, usually brings the swelling down, brings the inflammation down, and and can stop the, the vertigo. But usually before we get to the steroid, you can use medications to stop the vertigo, and there are a few available uh, that, that will stop the vertigo uh, until the inflammation is, is gone. So you may have to take those, med those medications for uh, 10 days, two weeks, uh, to, until that vertigo is gone. Uh, but as I said, mania syndrome, there is specific treatment for that, so that uh, also um, uh, you can use the treatment for that. But there is a new treatment available now uh, for, for those resistant, suppose you've had your MRI scan and your brain is okay, your cerebellum is okay, there is no tumor on your nerve, there's no acoustic neuroma, that's a, that's a tumor that's on, the, on that uh, 
on that nerve that comes from the brain to the ear to the ear canal. Uh, if there is no tumor there, we know that that's not uh, the, that's okay. Uh, so then, and the, the vertigo is disabling, really, really disabling. That means you can't get out of bed, you can't function. Uh, it's really causing a problem, and you've tried medication, and the medication doesn't work. It doesn't control it fully. Uh, even with the medication, high dose, you're still getting dizziness. Then what they do is they ablate that nerve. What they do now, these days, not all ENT surgeons do it. There are some ENT surgeons do that. They take an, a, a very thin, sharp instrument, and they put it through the eardrum into the into the area where the nerve, remember I said that the nerve from the brain has two branches to it. One is for hearing and one is for balance. So then they go for the ones for one that going, the, the, the nerve that's going to the balancing organ, they isolate that, that the, they get to that nerve and they ablate it. In other words, they burn it. So that, that, that nerve doesn't work anymore because they burnt it. And because it doesn't work anymore, your dizziness goes away instantly. See, because the message to the brain is not going there anymore. You've cut off the you've cut off the um, the false messages that your brain is getting from the balancing organs. Now that's done not to everyone. It's done to those cases which are resistant to treatment uh, and, and has been present for a long period of time. Uh, and and there's no other way in which you can treat people. Then this is the last final way in which it can be done. And uh, some of the ENT surgeons do that. I don't think all of them do that, uh, and that's one one that people who are really really suffering uh, with intractable vertigo uh, that can look at that uh, uh, that kind of treatment. But usually, the medications that people use um, that that can be used to, to stop the vertigo usually they work very well, and that can be taken for quite some time uh, in those uh, people who have this vertigo for long periods of time. Uh, fascinating there, Dr. Mahmoud says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, Shafat Ahmad Khan, medical show is tops. Uh, please, uh, doctor, is uh, vertigo hereditary? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a tough question, doctor. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's, in, it's inherited. You, 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 uh, you may get uh, the mania syndrome may be inherited. Um, uh, if, if your parents have had mania syndrome, then the chances are that you may you may develop mania syndrome. But the other kinds of um, causes for for vertigo, like uh, labyrinthitis, which is caused most likely by a virus, uh, that of course is is not inherited. Uh, that is caused by a virus. That so that's not going to uh, that's not going to be uh, 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 you know that's that's not uh, that's not going to be inherited. Uh, and of course uh, you know. Acoustic neuromas, again, those are not inherited. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, problems with the cerebellum, uh, where you may have a stroke, again, that's that's not inherited. So I would say that mostly, mainly, it's not an inherited condition. Uh, Gulam Jay says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, medical files. Uh, what is the difference between dizziness and vertigo? Doc? Yes, we discussed that earlier with, with vertigo. The whole room spins around, uh, like, like you're in a medical round. Uh, and uh, so the, it's, it's a whirling type of dizziness um, and, and accompanied by, very, very often accompanied by nausea. 
uh, and a feeling that you're going to faint, you're going to fall down. Um, dizziness without that whirling, um, that, that um, uh, like a merry-go-round turning around, the whole room turns around, the, the normal dizziness is not like that. The normal dizziness is just a, a, a slight dizziness uh, with, with a, like a light-headed feeling. Um, that's the best way to, to describe it. Uh, and, and it has no, the room is not spinning. The room doesn't spin, nothing spins. Uh, and so once it starts spinning, you know that's a balancing hormone problem. If it doesn't spin, that's just normal dizziness. Uh, Ismail S says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, uh, Brother Chef and uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji. I want to know, is a vertigo a type of stroke, doctor? Yes, it can be. Uh, you know, as I said earlier that uh, the, the part of the brain that controls our balancing is uh, situated in the cerebellum, uh, the lower part of the brain. And uh, if something has gone wrong there, uh, like a stroke uh, or a tumor, or something is happening in that cerebellum, it, it can present as, uh, as vertigo. Um, so that's one of the things that needs to be excluded in a person who has recurrent vertigo. If you have one attack of vertigo, you take the medication and it goes away, and that's the end of the story, you really don't need to be investigated because we know that uh, labyrinthitis is quite common uh, and uh, it occurs in quite healthy people as well. The nerve gets inflamed by a virus and uh, the, the, that inflammation causes swelling, and that swelling throws the balancing organs off, and that's why you get the dizziness. Uh, so we know that that's self-limiting. After the virus is gone, the inflammation comes down, and once the inflammation is down, you're back to normal again, until you get another infection. And uh, it can happen like that. It can be a recurring thing. Uh, so that's, that's uh, uh, yes, um, that's different. Uh, uh, that's like a, a thing that, uh, comes on and goes off uh, as, as time goes on. Uh, Munim says, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, why are so many people uh, suffering with vertigo? Perhaps, uh, doctor, the stress levels are very high now, and uh, this is uh, the reason why the numbers are so high. Perhaps uh, Munim got a point there, no? Well, yes, but I think people confuse dizziness with vertigo, or vertigo with dizziness. Uh, so you you need to separate that. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, I'll give another example. Uh, people say they've got a headache. Sometimes sometimes they say they've got a migraine. So migraine is a specific type of headache. So when a person has a headache, they shouldn't say, I've got, I've got migraine, unless it has been diagnosed as migraine. Because migraine is a specific type of headache. So in, the, in, in this situation as well, vertigo is a, is a specific type of dizziness. It's not all dizziness. Sometimes the normal dizziness that people experience, people call it vertigo. But in fact, it's not vertigo. Vertigo, you have to have the, the, the room or the area around you spinning like, like you're in a merry-go-round. Uh, that's the vertigo that we're talking about. Uh, and uh, uh, yes, you know, that, uh, that's, uh, that can be very disconcerting. And uh, uh, so we need to make the difference out. Uh, as I said earlier, the, the, the description of the dizziness is very, very helpful to the doctor. Uh, it can, you know, uh, it can give a lot of information to the doctor. I'm looking at this message. I don't know whether to read it or not, uh, but uh, Rafiq says, Assalamu alaikum, doctor. Uh, Qasam 
when I see my wife, I get dizzy and I want to hide in the room. Is she giving me vertigo? <laughs> Doctor, your response? Uh, yes, well, you know, vertigo is uh, not vertigo. That's dizziness. Uh, again, uh, I think there's a confusion there. But uh, yes, dizziness is, is, it can be emotional as well. Uh, people get very emotional. They get very angry. They get dizzy. They get very happy. They can get dizzy uh, uh, for a while because that's, that's usually due to fluctuations in the blood pressure. Uh, and that's a temporary thing. It's, it's, it settles down as the blood pressure settles down. And usually, when the blood pressure drops, you start feeling a bit dizzy. And people have, people experience this uh, uh, sometimes when you're sitting down on the floor uh, for a long period of time, and you get up and you feel a bit dizzy. Uh, that's a dizziness that uh, that we're talking about, uh, emotional dizziness. Uh, and uh, yes, it can be. Uh, you know, if you are if you're very, if you get very emotional, uh, you can feel a bit woozy and a bit dizzy uh, for, a, for a while, but it doesn't last long and it's self-limiting. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, you know, when you get dizzy, it's, it's a sign that your body is telling you, go and sit down or go and lie down. Uh, you see, our body gives us signals and, and we need to take care of the signals. We need to, want, we need to, uh, we need to uh, acknowledge that our body is telling us something. Our body can't talk to us, but our, our body gives us signals. Uh, to, tell, to tell us what to do. For instance, if you, if, you get, if you get very sleepy, your body is telling you, go and sleep. You need sleep. So, so you need to find somewhere to go and lie down for about 15, 20 minutes and have a, have a sleep. Um, because you may be short of sleep or you didn't have a good sleep. You may have had a restless sleep and your body is, is want, wants to sleep. So it, it is trying to put you to sleep and it's telling you, go and sleep. Or you may feel very tired Sometimes, and you really feel exhausted, your body is telling you, go and rest, go and, go and lie down, you need a rest. Uh, and uh, so, you know, you, we need to listen to our body, and, uh, and pain, of course, is, a, is, a, is another symptom that our body produces uh, to, to tell us that there is something wrong in that area. So we need to pay attention to that pain. Uh, we can't say, oh, I just got a little bit of pain here, I'm going to ignore it. No, the, the pain is coming there, the body is telling you, there's something wrong here. There's something not right here, and you need to attend to it. It's like like a car. Uh, so you hear a sound in the car, and if you leave it, the sound is going to get bigger and it's going to damage other parts of the car. So you have to attend to that sound. In the same way, we get symptoms in our body, and our body is telling us to 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 watch out, take care of it. Uh, there's something not right here. Something is going wrong. You you need to attend to it to find out what's actually having what's actually causing the problem. And, uh, and, and sort it out. And in that way, you won't make the situation worse and you won't cause other parts of the body to be affected by uh, this, this small uh, little problem that you have. Suleiman Ba says, Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Farooq Habiji. I must tell you that you are one of my favorite doctors and I always read your book on Ramadan every year before Ramadan and I bought it many years ago. Jazakallah khair for that and perhaps uh, you should be discussing that with uh, Brother Shafat on Medical Files for your Ramadan show. Hey, I tell you, uh, sorry uh, Suleiman Ba, you on the ball there and he wants to know uh, does uh, high blood pressure and low br- uh, blood pressure bring about a vertigo? Very powerful question there, Doc. Yes, it can. It can definitely low blood pressure will, will cause you to feel dizzy, uh, and the cardinal symptom of low blood pressure is when you're sitting down and you you're okay, and when you when you stand up you feel 
you feel a bit dizzy for a while. Uh, and that, that indicates that your blood pressure didn't adjust according to your uh, posture. So normally when you are sitting down, our blood pressure is down. It doesn't have to be high because you're not, you're not in a standing position. The heart doesn't have to work very hard to, to pump the, body, uh, the blood through various parts of our body in a sitting position. But somehow uh, when you wake up, now the, body, the heart has to wake up and start pumping harder to get the blood up uh, you know, uh, to your brain. And sometimes there is a lag for a few seconds and that can cause uh, you to feel a bit dizzy. So low blood pressure, definitely, it can cause dizziness. Uh, and of course, sometimes with the, with the, the low blood pressure is prolonged, the dizziness can be quite prolonged. And especially if people are standing for a long period of time, uh, like in a hot sun, for instance, um, and uh, the hot sun, you see, remember, heat dilates our blood vessels, cold constricts our blood vessels. So uh, so if, if your blood vessels get dilated in your periphery, in your legs, um, and your arms, and you are standing in the sun, the, the blood pools down in your legs and your arm because of the distended blood vessels in that area because of the heat. So because the blood is pooling lower down in your body, there's not enough blood coming to your brain. So what happens? You get dizzy, then you fall down and you faint. And that's why people faint when they're standing for long periods of time uh, in the sun uh, without moving. And that happens sometimes when in assemblies, school assemblies, sometimes it happens in army parades where, people, where the people are standing for long periods of time uh, and in the, in the hot sun and, and, and they, can, they can train because of that reason. So high blood pressure, yes, it can cause dizziness, but the pressure has to be very high for it to do that. <clears throat> you know, high blood pressure is a silent disease. You don't know that you have high blood pressure until you check your blood pressure. And, and, some, and you can go up to something like 160 over 100 blood pressure, uh, which is quite significant, and you still have no symptoms whatsoever, nothing. You won't even feel that there's something wrong with you, but your pressure will be high. That's why we call high blood pressure one of the silent diseases in our body. It's silent because you don't know that you've got it until you have the blood pressure checked. Always a good idea to, whenever you get an opportunity, have your blood pressure checked to see what it is. If it's normal, at least you know. Once a year, two, once in six months, you get an opportunity to test your blood sugar, uh, blood pressure. Test your blood pressure because uh, you never know uh, when you when you have high blood pressure, especially if you have family members with high blood pressure, especially if you have your your mum or your dad who have had high blood pressure. Check your pressure on a regular basis because that you know the, your chances of getting high blood pressure are much higher if your parents have had have have had high blood pressure. Yes, high, high blood pressure will cause dizziness, and that's something to watch out for. It will also cause a headache. Uh, looking at Maksud's question, he says, Doctor, I want to know, can vertigo cause organ failure? Doctor? Uh, no, it won't. It won't. It's, it's to do only with the balancing organ, and, uh, uh, the, and of course, if the, if, the, if the vertigo is caused by uh, the brain, the, cerebe the cerebellum, like a stroke or something, uh, then that's a part of the brain that will be affected only. It doesn't affect any other part of the brain. So it doesn't affect the heart, doesn't affect the kidneys and the liver and all the vital organs are quite okay. Uh, it doesn't affect that. Um, what may happen, of course, with the vertigo is that the person may fall and injure themselves. And usually this happens in the bathroom. Because in the bathroom, because we have a short 
a, a, a little space. Uh, there's not much space to move around, so there is quite a bit of turning in your in the bathroom. And and because you're turning in the bathroom, remember that that the movement, your movement, turning to right or left, will stimulate that balancing organ, and of course will exaggerate your dizziness. And of course that's when you your vertigo uh, may cause you to fall. And if you fall in the bathroom, it's not a nice place to fall because there are there are quite some sharp objects in the in the bathroom, sharp edge, edges in the in the bathroom, which can hurt you quite badly. And of course you can't fall. Uh, on the ground because sometimes there's not enough space. So you may, on your way down falling, you may hit something on the way and that causes quite significant injuries uh, to people. So a good idea is uh, for you, if you have vertigo and if you have dizziness uh, and, and you go into the bathroom, please hold on to things, hold on to the sink and hold on to things so that when you do get dizzy, uh, you can stabilize yourself and not fall down. <clears throat> Uh, this message said, uh, Doctor, I've been uh, suffering with uh, vertigo from my 50s now in my late 60s. I have now slight memory uh, loss and sudden, sudden, uh, and sudden changes in mood. Uh, my wife says I'm gone more moody and grumpy. Uh, is this maybe a sign of I'm getting a stroke, uh, Doctor? No, I think what, what happens is that when you get um, uh, dizziness, you get vertigo for on and off for quite some time. It's quite frustrating. Uh, it, 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 it definitely affects your quality of life. Uh, it, it, it's something that you don't want, uh, something that distresses you. Uh, so, you know, you can over a period of time, and if it's not going away, it keeps coming back and you take medication, uh, it helps, sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't help. It's a bit frustrating and that can cause you to become a bit depressed. And that depression can cause your symptoms uh, that you may be experiencing. So, so it's not the actual vertigo, but it's the consequences. It's a consequence of the vertigo uh, that's creating the problem. Uh, it's a depression that uh, that that makes the person irritable and angry and and uh, moody and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so you know, it means that uh, they can they can see a, a specialist and see if they can optimize their medication so that the dizziness goes away for a longer period of time, so they are not inconvenienced and the quality of life um, is better. Well, Doctor, you know, already flowing show indeed, a lot of baraka. Let me take this last question. It's from Amanullah, and he says, uh, can you self-treat uh, vertigo, uh, Doctor? No. It's a very difficult situation, very, very, very difficult to treat. And we medical doctors also have a problem trying to treat the thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, we have medications available. We have things that we can do uh, to try and get that dizziness down uh, with vertigo. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes there's, there's a resistant vertigo. No matter what you use, no matter what tablet you use, there's, there's breakthrough dizziness, the breakthrough vertigo is frustrating. Uh, for both the doctor and for the patient, more, more for the patient. Uh, and uh, uh, so what needs to be done is that you, you need to come to terms with the fact that you may have chronic vertigo, uh, where, where you may have damaged balancing organs, uh, or you may have something that's creating swelling uh, of those balancing organs, which is creating the, uh, the vertigo. So 
uh, good idea to try and work out what it is if you can and eliminate that. Uh, if you can't, then take medications for that period of time that you have the vertigo, uh, whether it's 10 days, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, take it for that time. And then once the vertigo is gone, you can stop your medication, but always keep a supply with you at home. Always keep a supply because this vertigo can recur and it can come at any time. So it may strike you in the middle of a Saturday night and when the, your doctor is not available or on a, on a Sunday when your doctor is not available, but you have the tablets at home. So you can start medication, you're, you're medicating yourself, or get some relief from the dizziness uh, and then see your doctor the next day or when it's convenient. <clears throat> Always a pleasure being with you, doctor. Perhaps your parting words before I let you go. I, I just want to wish people a, a, a very good Shabbat uh, Barat, make a lot of dua uh, last night. Uh, and um, still, it's the last second second week of uh, of Ramadan. Uh, so, I'm sorry, second, second last two weeks of Shaban. Uh, we need to make um, connect ourselves with Allah Taala. We should start connecting from now uh, to Allah Taala, uh, so that when Ramadan comes, we just flow into Ramadan and try and maximize our ibadah during Ramadan and get as close to, to Allah Taala as possible. Amin, Summa Amin, Doctor, Allah bless you now and forever. Jazakallah khair. Yeah, I will be talking to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the uh, Isha Azan and inshallah we will continue with the pertinence uh, punctuated. <laughs>